All right, welcome everyone to the live Friday Daily Kofefi on Unsafe Space. Uh, what's today? Friday, November 15th. <laughs> I'm Carter, and I'm joined, as usual, by an animal hat-clad Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carter. How you doing? I'm okay. My microphone is still not fixed, though, so this is the third day of it sounding tinny again also it's not unworkable it's okay it's not unworkable right there's a um sometimes there's a weird uh sound have you noticed the sound that's happening oh you've got plenty of sounds that come from your end that i've just given up trying to decipher what are they there's something that sounds like a demon <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what I'm about? like it sounds like knocking or thuds sometimes it sounds like a demon sometimes there's <laughs> just then there's dogs barking in the background. I just decided. No, but the dogs, I know what that is. There's a weird, like, voice. There's, like, a weird voice that I hear sometimes. Like, I feel it's echo from me or somehow. But you're wearing earphones, so that shouldn't be. I don't know, but it is weird. I don't, I guess it's echo from me somehow. But... It must be. I have a weird demony voice, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh by the way, uh, I was going to send Keith the Hat Guy a thank you note for sending me all this cool stuff, but I thought I would just wear it on the show. Thank you, Keith. I'll do public, public thank you to Keith. He sent me this Project Veritas hat with the dead Twitter. He sent me a bunch of pins. This one says taxation is theft. Um, his other ones, I you know, I love capitalism. He knows me pretty well, so he sent me. My, he also sent me this book called. Barack Obama's Rules for Revolution, which uh, I haven't read yet, but uh, it says the Alinsky model. So um, I have read Rules for Radicals, so I assume this is about how Obama also liked Rules for Radicals. Hillary wrote her, I think she wrote a master's thesis or some kind of big project on Rules for Radicals when she was in college. So they know, they know what they're doing. They know how to destroy us. It's planned. I also uh, have to say thank you to Keith because he sent me a walk away t-shirt. Thank you, Keith. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Andrew in the chat says carries in a bucket. I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. If, uh, my um, my microphone is busted. This is the third day in a row. I know. I know it picks up background. There's nothing I can do right now. So doggy, I'll tell the dogs to sit down. You should have this. Uh, he should have sent you this walk away pin also to go with your shirt. He sent me a walk away pin. Somebody can send me a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should buy you a microphone. We uh we need to pull some money out of Subscribestar and start doing something. It's there's enough to incorporate and start moving forward a little bit. So, um, but yes, uh, I don't know what else. That was the main thing. Carrie, uh, wait, are you frozen? Does it look like Carrie's frozen to everyone else? Because it certainly looks like she's frozen to me. I think she's frozen. So now, not just mic problems but also video problems. Someone needs to donate 400 snackers. <laughs> it, she doesn't even need that. She just needs like a $100 mic that kind of works. Um, but yeah, Laura, you only see me. I don't see Carrie either. She looks frozen. So I'm hoping that she will come back. Um, I'll tell her that she's not here, but I think she knows. Oh, there she is. She disappeared. So she knows that she's frozen. She'll come back. No one wants to see only me. I understand, Laura. It's very difficult. <laughs> difficult to deal with. I don't even want to see only me. So we'll see. Carrie, I'm sure Carrie will come back. 
You know who had flair? Yes, flair. Uh, I don't have 15 items of flair. I only have a few. Keith sent me four items of flair. Does a hat count as flair? I don't know. Well, there she is. Something bad happened. <laughs> yes. Is that a technical explanation? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but you froze up and then. Oh, I froze up. Everyone yeah. said they could see you and you froze up for me. Uh, so I'm going to blame you and okay. your shot equipment on that end in Texas. What are you guys doing in Texas? Jeez. Um, Carrie, I watched South Park for the first time in years because uh, someone recommended it. One of our, one of our unpersons <laughs> recommended South Park. And actually, so did Mikey on Facebook. Did you see... I, you probably didn't because I haven't watched it in years either. But did you see the South Park they did about trans sports? No, I just saw Mikey's post and the uh, the news outlets that are complaining about it and melting down because it made fun of trans athletes, which is uh, really timely given our interview yesterday. If you guys haven't seen it, we did a deprogrammed interview yesterday with Dr. Um, Linda Blade, Coach Blade, which was great. That was so much fun talking to her. So it was about the same topic, but yeah, I did, I, I saw the post. I, I know what it's about, but I did, I did not actually watch South Park. Yeah. I, by the way, I really liked talking to someone who knew the kinesiology and some of the biology behind, behind. It was good to talk to someone who could explain a little bit of why, why there's a problem. But the thing about the South Park episode is they were, um, yes, it's South Park. So everything's kind of over the top and obnoxious, but um, they were actually pretty nuanced in their treatment. I don't know if you realize this, Carrie, but they didn't, it wasn't against trans athletes at all, actually. It was basically their whole point was, um, can we just have a conversation about fairness with respect to physicality if you've gone through puberty as a man? Like that's, it wasn't like the, the quote heroes of the show or the, the people you're supposed to relate to are this couple who I hadn't really seen on South Park before. I, they must be a recurring couple that I just don't know about but uh they have PC babies who cry whenever anything is upsetting political like problematic um and they're happy like watching Anderson Cooper and like you know anything that's woke is makes them happy but they like cried during Mulan because uh Mulan uh, like she cross-dressed but they didn't discuss the difficult real issues about trans people like so it was like they're like hypersensitive um but yeah it's about this couple and um she's like a strong woman competitive uh athlete and her ex-boyfriend who's like he looks like a bodybuilder from muscle and fitness magazine or something on the cover like you know he's got a beard and he like he identified as a woman two weeks ago and he decides to like go into these competitions <laughs> And, of, and he's like crushing, beating everyone. He's like, <laughs> you know, like injuring women. And the whole point was like, they just, they were very pro trans, like the, the, the couple you're relating to very pro trans, very like accepting. She at first was very accepting of the idea that there's going to be a trans woman in her competition, but all they wanted to do after he was like destroying everyone and every sport, they just wanted to have a conversation about, well, maybe there should be some fairness. Can we have a talk? And that was basically the whole point was, can we have a talk about it? Um, and they never really resolved it. They never really got to have a talk about it. So anyway, that was the episode. I, you know, so much of that is based on truth. Like it's, it's, this is kind of what we were talking about with Doc, coach Blade yesterday. I actually, the more I think about it, the more I think, what if you had, we need to have a lot of 
elite professional male athletes who say enough is enough and who start competing as women to make a point. Right. Because otherwise it's like, this is going to take way too long for people to get their heads screwed on straight. Do you know what I mean? But, but this is something that's already happened. Like Fallon Fox, you know, the uh, MMA fighter, Mm -hmm. he, she, it's a, he's a biological man who now identifies as a woman. He fractured a woman's skull. Like that's, so this stuff is already women getting beat up by men in sport. That's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe one thing I liked about it was I don't, I know a lot of people view South Park as edgy and they probably were very edgy or whatever when at the beginning, but I kind of feel like now they're too afraid to really do anything that they think would really get them in trouble. Um, like they didn't, when they, there was the episode they did um, where I think if I'm remembering correctly, the creators, they basically challenged Comedy Central um, by drawing Muhammad. They had a whole like two-part episode about drawing Muhammad and debating whether it was right or not. And then at the end, because I guess Family Guy had Muhammad on or something. And uh, at the end, they put in a scene where Muhammad comes in and they were basically testing to see whether this is the rumor. I don't know if this is true. Maybe it's just hype. But they were testing to see whether Comedy Central would air the drawn Muhammad or not. And they didn't. Uh, they they censored. And, um, you know, so they used to be kind of edgy, but I feel like they've they've kind of lost that edge a little bit. So the no, fact that I think you're rumor, wrong. Huh? I think you're wrong. Do you watch the show regularly? I, I used to, I used to, and I just kind of felt like. Well, so recently, no, I think you're wrong. I'm just saying I haven't watched it recently. Therapy. I've seen they're much edgier. Everything I've seen about it is that they are one of the few that they are going after woke. They're going after SJW and they're one of the few that's doing so. And and I think it's great because you, animation is where people are. It's like the only place where people are getting away with criticizing the woke right now in the mainstream. So right. it's, it, even even the Simpsons has tried a few. T- now they're they're much more. Um, they will toe the line a lot more than South Park, but even they've done a couple of episodes, right or no? They're what? The Simpsons kind of are woke, aren't they? No, no, they're um, no. Occasionally, they're they toe the line. They definitely take shots at the woke a lot. They they did a whole um, SJW like a college episode. Like they they that was old though. That's a long time ago. That SJW college episode, I remember from when I watched Simpsons like more than a decade ago. That's old. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about then. We're talking about something else. Oh, which one are you No, I'm talking about a recent one. Like they, they, they toe the line, but they definitely will have done, uh, taken shots as well. It's just that South Park is, goes there more frequently. They're not as afraid. I mean, I think they've had had a whole season, two seasons now with PC principal South Park. Oh, have they? I, I don't, I don't even know the character PC principal. Cause I have it's been that long. Yeah. Then you're wrong. Go check it out. I mean, okay. I, I'm <laughs> regardless of whether I'm right, right about whether they're edgy. My point was that it's encouraging to see what is really mainstream. I mean, whether you want to call it edgy or not, they, their main South park is in the mainstream, um, you know, do this and have the, the guts to get away with this. Um, I get that they're getting criticized, but it's hopeful that South park can, and if you're saying Simpsons is doing it also, I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Simpsons, Simpsons again, just occasionally. They took yeah. line left. Okay. Well, 
I recommend watching it. Um, you can go to, I think you can get it for free online. That's what I did. So, um, Simpsons did a full anti-Trump with four woke immigrants. They're woke. That's what I thought, right? The Simpsons just did the squad against Trump. It was the worst. I saw like a. Clip oh of yeah, I did see that. Well, that's what I mean about them. They're they're, but they do. They have taken shots occasionally, which surprises me. The last but, thing um, I remember, what, what I remember about the college episode is was was like at well over a decade ago, and it was Mr. Burns um, going back to his alma mater, and it was taken over by. They weren't called social justice warriors at the time, but it was like crazy college students. Um, so maybe they've done something better than that. But yeah. Um, anyway, worth watching. If you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. Um, Carrie, remember we were talking about idols the other day? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, was an awesome episode. I enjoyed going through the uh, Ten Commandments with you. Well, can I show you? San Francisco has, we've erected a graven image. You want to see it? Oh, I know what you're going to show me. <laughs> here's our, here's our graven image, Carrie. This is uh, Greta, the great Greta. She looks kind of creepy to me. It looks like, well, A, the picture is creepy, but also. It looks like Big Brother. Like, huh? It looks like Big Brother. Right. That's what I was going to say. She reminds me of like having a picture of Big Brother looking at you. Um. It also reminds me of like Chairman Mao. Like if you go to Beijing, there's a giant poster of Chairman Mao, and you know uh, the uh, the commies had one about Stalin and stuff. But uh, so you know it looks like that too. But this really reminds me of 1984, I think. So that's what we're we've got uh, we've got Greta looking at us looking at us <laughs> in downtown San Francisco now. So I bet you're jealous. I bet you don't have that in Texas. Is it? Should we call her little sister instead of big brother? Uh, no, you should call her big brother. Here, I'm trying to find a uh, picture. Or Saddam. Um, big Bull says Saddam. Did they have a picture of Saddam like that? A giant Saddam on the wall of a building, maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah, so we've got that. What are you looking for a picture of? Here. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly during the, uh, what was this? The five minutes of hate? 10 minutes, two, like yeah. how many minutes was it of hate? Two minutes, I can't remember. I don't remember. Um, yeah, but that's the first thing I thought of. Yep. So that's how woke we are, San Francisco. Um, Carrie, also, have you seen the sandwich cop? No. You haven't? I think there's something to talk about here. I'm gonna, I won't play the whole video, but I'm going to play. Let me find it. I've got it queued up somewhere. Hold on. I'm on BART. I'm on the BART. You're bar. not I'm on BART. You bro, that you were detained. Bro, let my go, bro. Can I not? Bro, let my go. You are detained and you're let not free to go. That's part of that. Go, bro. You come up here and fuck with me. You single me out out of all these people. You're eating. Bruh, so what? It's against the law. So what? I tried It'll be dumb. It's like an old It's a violation of California law. Bruh, I have the right back? to detain you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Can you please let my backpack go. Are you going to cooperate? Yeah, we're. Are you cooperating with me? Let's go to jail. Okay. We don't have to keep watching. He eventually gets dragged off in uh, in handcuffs um, for resisting arrest, I guess. Um. <laughs> 
So this is at a BART station in San, in the Bay Area. Um, BART is our Bay Area Rapid Transit. It's our public transit system. Apparently, there's a law that says you can't eat um, even on the station. So he wasn't in the train eating. He was just at the station eating his sandwich. Um, I don't know. A lot of people are mad at the cop. I, I'm also mad at the cop, but. People have what, too much time on their hands. Who cares? <laughs> I like, care. Okay. I care. Some uh, random guy. That, it's like there's a million things a day that happen that are annoying. When Just because this was caught on camera, people care. Well, I, I think it matters because it's a reminder of the society that you guys have built intentionally. Not, I don't mean you, Carrie. I mean us. You guys? So, okay. Cops, cops, you people, is that more offensive? Um, cops, uh, cops, their job is to, is to enforce the law at gunpoint. So you're going to run around having busybody laws about eating sandwiches at train stations? That's what's going to happen. Now, I do think more honorable cops ignore crappy laws like that and leave people alone. So I'm not saying that uh, I like the guy for, for enforcing a law that shouldn't even exist. Um, thank you, Andrew. Cops are the boot on your throat. Yeah, but, but um, you know, there are cops who will recognize ridiculous laws and not harass people like that. Like, just ignore the, you know, you can get away with not enforcing laws uh, that, are, that are stupid. But, you know, you can blame cops. That's fine. You need to blame the laws, though. So people of California, you passed, you know, you let these laws get passed. This is when you pass a law that says you can't eat the sandwich on a platform. This happens. Now, this time it happened to be caught on camera, but eventually someone will be dragged away in handcuffs if they're eating a sandwich on the, the platform. That's that's what this is. So. Um, anyway, uh, Andrew so says, sure, but they're not doing their job. What if they if they don't enforce the law? Yeah. Right. So so a cop or some integrity would probably refuse to enforce that law, which would be kind of not doing their job unless you view their job as upholding the Constitution in any way, in which case maybe they would let you eat a sandwich on the BART platform. But I don't know. That was running around Twitter. I thought it was worth talking about. Do you see this? What am I looking at? So when uh, Nicole Esquire of the Mountain People came to visit me, I took her to one of our local antique shops and I saw this painting on the wall and I thought it looked like Greta, the climate change girl. A little bit. Doesn't it? No? <laughs> a little bit. Anyway, I was like, she's immortal. Instead of, instead of being home doing homework and sitting in class taking notes, she's like traveling around the world on private jets and hanging out with celebrities. That doesn't look like one of those paintings to you where you're like, oh, this person has existed throughout history. <laughs> How dare you, Nip Fragility says. How dare you, Carrie? How dare you? My daughter's obsessed with that. I, I played I played uh I played that part of her speech for one of our episodes, the How Dare You thing, I I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And she's totally obsessed with Greta now. Not not in like a she likes Greta way, but just in like a this this girl is like dysfunctional and ridiculous kind of way. So she mocks me and says, how dare you now? It's become part of our family uh, parlance. I don't know. What else? What else you got, Carrie? What You got something to talk about? You're no. not interested in sandwich cops. You're not interested no. in Greta. What do you got? <laughs> Bring it on. 
Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Open freaking hat with nothing? This is my, hey, everyone in chat, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> great. We all love her laugh and her smile, but this is. Hey, come on. I've been booking all the guests. Give me a break. <laughs> yes, recently. Yes, yes. Recently? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Re- well, oh. Huh? Yeah, you booked a bunch of guests recently. Recently. And I also in the past, not just recently. I'm okay. just saying, yes, recently you booked a bunch of guests. <laughs> My God. Mom and dad are fighting everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize how many weeks of school she's missed? Is she being homeschooled or just truant? She's probably just truant. Although they probably count climate change activism as schooling. They do at the school that my my daughter doesn't go to. Uh, they um, they did like a day of climate change stuff, and uh, she heard from friends that were in it that they were there was literally no science. It was a day of climate change discussion for elementary school kids, but none of it was about any science. It was just about activism, and they watched Greta videos. <laughs> so probably what if if she is if she counts as education then I guess she's not truant. She's educating herself by uh, being outraged. So I have something to ask you about, actually. Um, yep. yep. Like, so, so th- there's this woman who um, I've mentioned her before on the show. She's, she's what I would call, she's definitely an SJW, but she's also, there have been cracks in her ideology that led me to believe she might be at some point open to, waking up she's one of the ones who pays a lot of money though she's a white woman who pays a lot of money to go to these unlearning toxic whiteness seminars and she runs a group that she invited me to i've mentioned it it's about civility but i think it's terribly flawed because it's about using civility to it's about it's for progressives and it's about using civility to tell conservatives and trump trained trump voters why they're wrong and i think that's that's you, you, your goal there is not civility. Your civility for you is just a tool. So that's wrong. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I think civility should be a goal in and of itself I, without you having to say like, Oh, prog- it's a trick. We're going to use civility to like thing for the woke left is a trick and a tool. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, every once in a while we get into spats all the time because I just, I just have a problem with the way clearly this woman b- believes in my old belief system and, Obviously, I have a problem with some of the stuff she posts. And every once in a while, she'll tag me. And she tagged me the other day. She does these. Oh, this is even more annoying. She'll, because um, she'll be writing articles like on Medium or something. And she'll source from her followers. She'll tag a bunch of, um, she'll say like, conserv- she, it's almost like she's using conservatives as a, uh, a free, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, I like, it. like she's using them to source information. She'll ask them questions so she can use it. Like conservatives, or she'll, or she'll ask them to come into a discussion on her wall so that the progressives that she's been cultivating can practice the civility that they've learned, and they, so they can practice. Yes, and oh, so wow. manipulative. Yeah, and so a lot of the conservatives that she's friended and people who, like myself, who are liberals but not SJWs have stopped interacting as much. And so she'll like tag us. And so the other day she tagged me and a bunch of other people. She was like, yay, progressive. She's like, I want to talk about uh, uh, impeachment. 
And I want you to argue the other side. If you're for impeachment, argue against it. And if you're against impeachment, argue for it. And I didn't see this because I don't follow a lot of her posts anymore, but she ended up tagging me and a bunch of people. She's like, yay, progressives, you've, you've done a great job so far because a couple of progressives went in there and they tried, they tried to argue against impeachment, which is great. I'm, I'm, glad they're, I'm glad they're practicing that. They probably never practiced that before. Right. But then she tags me and a bunch of people. She's like, hey, conservatives, can you come and jump in the fray too? I'm like, and first of all, myself and several people she tagged are not conservatives. <laughs> and I was like, hey, lady, how many times do I have to say this to you? I've said it to you before. I'm not a conservative. I'm a liberal who's not an SJW. So, and she's like, ah, well, labels aside, can you get, can you, oh, and I, she's like, I need, can you practice? Can you, can you contribute? And I said, uh, look, I don't really care about impeachment at all. It's a distraction. It's a non-issue. You're watching the wrong movie. And then she goes, I deleted your comment because you're not following my instructions. <laughs> she does that all the time. I had to die laughing. And one of the other conservatives she tagged, she also deleted his, I, I deleted your comment because you're not following instructions. Like meaning you didn't post a, a pro impeachment post or so because she assumes I'm anti-impeachment. So I kept trying to explain to her and I realized we're just talking two different languages because I, I couldn't figure out how to explain it. I was like, look, you're not hearing me. I don't have a pro or anti-impeachment argument. So you're trying, she's like, why can't you practice, you know, arguing the other side? I'm like, cause I don't have the side that you think I have. Also, I um, like, you're not I don't, my teacher. I'm not in a class. I don't have to yeah, do you assign. What exactly. And she'll like post these things like, you know, it's very disappointing that you can't do this. I'm like, but I don't actually have, she's like, if you want people to listen and she, she couldn't hear me, even though I'd said this repeatedly, I don't care about, my point is you're paying attention to something that doesn't matter. It's like saying, hey, Carrie, give me your opinion on said, you know, irrelevant pop culture figure A. I don't or have an like opinion. Carter talking about economics with you. It would just, you know. Yes, I don't have an opinion on it. So you're <laughs> asking me to make the opposite opinion of the opinion that I don't even hold in the first place. So I was like, what are you talking? This is boring. It's stupid. I don't, your topic is dumb. That's what <laughs> I'm saying is your topic is dumb. And she was like, oh. She just, she couldn't understand it. And she kept, because they, they have all these stereotypes in their head. So for example, because I'm not an SJW, she thinks I'm a conservative, no matter how many times I've said so, she'll continue to call me that. But then she thinks, she thinks because she thinks I'm a conservative, she thinks I'm anti-impeachment, but I'm trying to explain. I don't, I don't even care. It's a distraction. It's a circus. It's not going to be there in a few weeks, like, or whatever, a few months, who cares? It's like Russia burger, non, non burger, Russia's a non burger, blah, 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 whatever, nothing burger. It's, you are watching, a, it's like the wrestling, you're watching something stupid. So, and you're asking me to, to form an opinion, first of all, which I don't have, and then to argue the other opinion. So I, I couldn't figure out how to speak her language to help her understand what I was saying. And finally, she's like, you know, fine. If you're, oh, I know what she said. Well, can you at least, okay, you don't have an opinion, then, then, then argue the other side. Can't you argue the other side? And I'm like, okay, uh, impeachment is important. TV people say so. I, I support it or don't support it. Like, <laughs> like what do you want me to say? I don't, I don't think it's important. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I'm getting a little frustrated just because, you know, when you're trying to explain yourself to someone and you're not articulating yourself clearly. And I kept thinking, I guess the onus is on me to better articulate myself, but it, it didn't seem to matter what I said. She's just locked into this idea of who I am and what I believe. And so she really can't fathom 
there's something there where I guess people who buy into this narrative that the media feeds them, the propaganda stuff, they really don't understand you not having an opinion on those things. They think that you must be, have the opposite opinion of them. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't hold the opposite opinion of you. I don't have an opinion at all. Right. It doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, I think that's probably one of the most triggering things you can say to her though. Right. Because she's operating in a world where the like impeachment is a critical issue and yes yes and that's her world right and so like oh we have to argue the other people who also agree it's a critical issue over this critical issue and when when you swoop in and you're like yeah i don't care it like undermines the entire purpose of her group right and everything yes. just undermines everything it's like well yeah i think you're arguing over mcdonald's versus burger king and i don't care yeah it's it's, it's really it's uh it's actually quite um i would imagine from her perspective it would be uh very what's the word dismissive and um very crap what's the word that's like uh not diminutive but belittling belittling but see that's right? not it but it truly is like you're right it's like arguing mcdonald's and Carrie, I know you like Burger King. Come in here and make an argument on behalf of McDonald's. No, I don't give a crap about Burger King versus McDonald's. I'm not going to make an argument on behalf of either of them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very, Kenny says invalidating. Yes, that's the word. It's invalidating, right? It just invalid. And, and you know, that's, that could be really, really, really triggering, right? Um, I guess so. I ended up posting the, I just left the thread by posting the Bill Hicks clip that we played the other day because I felt like, Maybe this will help explain what I mean, where he's like, you know, this is politics in America. I like the puppet on the left. Well, I think the puppet on the right is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. It's one guy holding up both puppets. Um, that's how I feel about it. It's like, I think impeachment is good. I think impeachment is bad. Hey, wait a minute. It's one media establishment that wants us to care about something stupid like impeachment. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I have a slightly different view on impeachment, which is I actually don't think Trump is is a puppet um, in the way that traditional left and right politicians have. Oh, I don't think he is either. I think in my in my scenario, the puppets are pro impeachment, anti impeachment. Yeah, that's what the puppets are. Pick pick one. Right. Right. Although because because I think Trump isn't really a puppet, um, I do think this is a witch hunt and this is just kind of tearing down. It's basically the uniparty is pissed off that someone from the outside is in. So I would, I would rather not see him impeached. Um, but I'm not going to argue like the finer points of impeachment. Like we all know that this is a circus and they're just going to throw, they're going to keep throwing crap. There's no, you can't argue with them because anything that you say, any counterpoint is just going to be, they're just going to, they'll just bring something else up. They can't, they just keep, they'll keep moving the goalposts or come up with something else. They'll have double standards. Um, you know, there's, there's no real winning. So by the way, Art says, uh, Art's very excited that I'm wearing a hat. I did say this earlier. I'm sad that Keith, the hat guy is not in chat. This was my thank you to Keith, the hat guy who sent me this hat. Um, but yes, I don't normally wear well, a hat. Tilt your head, tilt your head down so people can see the logo. Oh. It's cool. It's a project Veritas hat. Yeah. It's a project Veritas hat. It's a dead Twitter on it. My daughter <laughs> says it makes me look like a coach. My wife says, oh, my God, you look 20 years younger and dumb. So I don't think I'm going to. What? <laughs> what she, hey, she's one of the things I love about her. Is she's honest. 
So, it does make you look younger. It doesn't make you look dumb. You do look like a boy. Be my you, range. Look, you look a little bit like an Eagle Scout, though, because I can see that button on your shirt. <laughs> um, I, I need to have, a, maybe I need to have little Eagle Scout buttons or something. I was never an Eagle Scout. Um, so. Oh, by the way, somebody in, um, I don't know if you saw, but I wasted some time in YouTube comments um, with this SJW who posted this long thing which the my favorite thing about her comments uh it was on it was on the video about little ragamuffin and um my favorite thing about it was that in in the well in the first sentence she was like she basically said because you're white your opinion doesn't matter i mean that's 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 not what she said word for word but that's what she said you can go look at it it was like and she said about you uh, that you're someone that I'm a well, I'm a white person talking to a white man who looks like he could be a good old boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what if I turn that backwards? So, uh, Wombato F Doom fifty three says I should turn around backwards. Then I would look dumb. How's that? Is this better? That's worse. Please don't. Yeah. And so, anyway. But the other thing she said was that I wait, thought. Wait, was, wait, I saw her say that about me, and I gotta I gotta be honest. The seven year old in me went. I love Dukes of Hazard. I remember that. Yeah. I'm a good old boy. I never thought I was a good old boy. I was like the nerdy kid who was not at all a good old boy, but I loved Dukes of Hazard. And I've kind of felt like it was almost a compliment. She's like, you could look like you're kind of, he looks like he could be a good old boy. And These I was like, people who are, are going around saying it's racist. Um, Nicole again pointed, I saw she was responding to someone like this on Facebook. It's a lot of people who aren't white women who aren't even from the South. And one of them said, she was like, well, in the North, good old boy is what we think of uh, when we think of white Southern racist men. And it's like, well, that's your bigoted belief. <laughs> like I don't, in the South, people use good old boy. It's not a, it might have been, well, I'm not saying it wasn't, it might've been used to refer explicitly to white guys, but um, it's not anymore. There's Latino guys, there's Asian guys, there's black guys who I would call a good old boy. It's about a, it's about Southern culture. It's about cowboy right. culture. It's, it's positive, about like positive morals. Yes. It's a positive thing. It's about uh, a guy who somebody said this in comments. This is not my, but it was like, look, a good old boy is the type of guy who sees you. If your car, if your tire blows out, he's going to pull over on the side of the road and get out and help you fix your tire. Yes. And that's a great like, description of a good old boy. Yeah. 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 And he's going to have the right tools to do it. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? You're going to have the whole kit in the back. My plumber is the epitome of a good old boy and he's Latino. Like it, you know, he's like, well, it doesn't, it's not a race. They, the, the people who have that opinion are the true bigots here. There's, they have a stereotype of what a good old boy is. And by the way, Carter is not a good old boy. <laughs> hey. 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 I would stop and help you fix your tire. That's true. If, <laughs> if I felt it was safe, <laughs> if my daughter wasn't with me in the car, and I was armed. Look, look, I'm not saying you would. The other people, other than good boys, will stop and help you fix the tire. I'm just saying you don't have no, like you don't have dirt under your fingernails. No. You're not wearing a pair of like beat up ropers. You're no, not I'm not a little rustler. I don't. I don't go to the bar to play pool. You don't um, have like mud <laughs> on your knees. You're not right. like, um, yeah, not. you're not out at the local uh, uh, bar having a, having like a cheap beer. Like, you know, you're not like, 
I'm a nerdy cryptographer who's turned to, into an internet asshole. That's like that's basically my description. Right. But I care very deeply about important things. So there you go. <laughs> my plumber is a, a good old boy. The, when I first moved into this house, can I tell you something funny? It, he he crawled around. so it's an old house and it's got a crawl space like this big i couldn't believe he even fit down there and he crawled all around there and under the house and it's like pure and beam right and he went he just checking out all the plumbing and he came back up and he told me about all the plumbing and, he, and he's like you know and got this and got that blah 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 and then at the end of it he like buries the lead like he buries the foot he's like and this is over here and he goes Oh, and there's a dead possum under your kitchen sink, and there's a big old gray cat who lives down there, and I'd let that cat keep living there. <laughs> He's like, I'd let that cat keep living down there. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a good yeah. old boy. Well, look, like I said, so Laura, Laura had to point out, like, yeah, she's she's right. I'm not a good old boy, but I was still flattered by the good old boy insult. So. Uh, I know I'm not a good, good old boy. And actually, Laura, I will stick up for Carrie. This is just her knowing a guy. She's not talking about anybody. <laughs> she says, you don't know a guy. I think she's talking to you. I'm not sure. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, meaning, no, a good old boy knows a guy. Oh, a good old boy knows a guy. I see. Okay. Anyway. Um, I, I also, uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So one other thing about that comment that was great, people can go read it, was in the same breath, I love this. I love this. And they do it all the time. And even though I pointed out that she was doing it, she did it again. They will say they elevate themselves. SJWs elevate themselves as someone who's morally and intellectually superior to you. And they also pretend that their opinion is fact. It's not, it's not an opinion that they hold and, and you don't have a contradictory opinion. It's that they know what's true and you are incorrect. <laughs> like that's the way they view it. And so she was like, you know, um, we're attempting to educate. Basically, she's like, I'm here to educate you. We are, we have education that we can give you, but no, you guys are dismissing it. You don't want it. We have this education, right? And then later, like three paragraphs later, I was like, okay, when's it going to come? Three paragraphs later, she's like, it's not our job. To, it's not people's color, people of color job to educate you. It's not our job to educate. It's like, on the one hand, you're saying you're here and you're in a unique position and only you can educate because you know what truth is. And then you're saying it's not my job to educate you, which is hilarious because you're doing it both in the same comment. But um, but the, but the let's go back to the first part. This part I find amazing. You're in no position to educate anyone. You haven't proven that you are. There's nothing you've said that's made me think, wow, this person's got some knowledge that would be great. Well, and, and, the, and the education is condescending, right? If I was disagreeing yeah. with you, Carrie, I would be like, well, I disagree. And here's why I wouldn't say, let me educate you, Carrie. Yes, it's like, so no, arrogant. <laughs> it's so arrogant. I never see, you never see, um, uh, like, truly, I mean, sometimes you do. I know some really smart people who are arrogant. That's, okay, let me back up. I, I was about to say something that's not true. I do know some very smart people who are arrogant. But for the most part, the smartest people I know and the people who I know are smarter than me do not walk around with a chip on their shoulder and do not walk into comment threads like, allow me to educate you like those are the dumb people <laughs> for the most part <laughs> yeah no i agree i'm trying to think of the the smartest people i know they may argue vociferously and and painstakingly but i yes i don't ever hear them say let me educate you like that's not a <laughs> that's not a thing 
right? They might say, well, actually, blah, 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 and give me some information. That's like the worst they'll get on that, but they're not. Yeah. They won't take a, a teacher. They won't assume that we're in a teacher-student relationship. <laughs> <laughs> they're just assuming, they're coming in like, I'm the educator. So what does that make you? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm the dean of the school, bitch. Um, no. Anyway. Well, yeah, Daniel, just- Daniel says in chat, intellectual bullying by people who are drones. Yeah, that's fun. That's exactly what it is. This woman's in there like, why won't you let me indoctrinate you? Like, here, right. like, look, woman, there, you have a, an opinion and a perspective. And I actually said to her, um, and I, maybe it was somewhere else I said this, but, but they, they tell, in this case, for example, they tell little ragamuffin or who they'll tell you, it's not just like, Hey, little ragamuffin, let me share my perspective and my opinion on what this term means. Um, it's let me tell you what it means. They, there's no room. They don't, again, they don't, they don't view it as an opinion, which it is. It's an opinion. They mistake their opinion for truth. It's not. And you know what? Little ragamuffin is the one using the term. I'd like, it, it matters more to me what she, what it means to her, what she thinks it means. And they completely disregard. They're in there on the one hand, they're saying, you're not listening to us. And it's like, no, you're not listening to her. She's told you what it means to her. And it doesn't mean anything racist. And you refuse to listen. You want it to mean something racist. You want to keep racism alive in this small way. It burns you up. Right. If there's any way I can be offended, then. Yeah. And it must burn them up that a lot of her testers are men of color. Like a lot of the men wearing the good old boy pattern are men of color. And I know that. You're missing (laughs) on race traders, Carrie. Well, they call them in the thread. These SJWs call them tokens. I know we mentioned this before, but it's so racist. It's so racist. You have to think of. You have to think of people of color as tokens to call them that when they disagree with you. You have to think of them that in the first place. It's like, anyway, and I don't, we're repeating ourselves, but the, the interaction, the interaction that followed the, just quickly, the interaction that followed that video, which is ongoing, has been really um, illustrative. And I hope people are watching it because it, it's, it, they, they are illustrating a lot of the stuff we've talked about. It, once you understand the way that they, their tactics and their words, it's like watching a play that you already, you've already read. You've already read the parts and they're reading the parts. You, you know what the parts are. You know, you know what the tactics are and you know what the words are, what the magic words are. And then you just watch them play it. Yeah. There's no surprise there. There's never, if they surprise you, then you're not talking to an SGW. If they're like, oh, I hadn't considered that, then you're talking to someone who's still awake in there somewhere and open to having dialogue. And you may still disagree with them at the end, but they're awake because they're hearing you and then they're responding to what you're saying and you're responding to what they're saying. But most of the time you can tell right away when they're an ideologue because they're just like, you know. That's why they use the term NPC. Um, yeah, they, they're like an NPC. It's like playing a, it's like playing a video game and having an NPC say, let me teach you how to behave more like a human. Um, anyway, uh, you're reminding me something. Look, I'm probably guilty of this, so I'm going to say it anyway, though, because I, I like that there seems to be a grain of truth, truth to this. I think it was Michael Malice that tweeted yesterday or today. Uh, unsolicited advice is never friendly, which I hadn't really thought about before, but... Uh, Maybe, maybe not completely true, but it's kind of like that. Like, I'm going to just run in and educate you. Like, I didn't ask to be educated. Like, what are you, like, you can disagree with me, 
but you can't come in and educate me. I'm not, I didn't sign up for your class. Yes. So that's like people who, um, you know, the word mansplaining we've talked about and it's an SJW word. Wait, should I explain to you what it means, Carrie? Oh gosh. (laughs) Okay. Ha 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 ha. I know that was bad. No, I get it. I get it. It's funny. Um, yeah, Matt, why don't you mansplain mansplaining to me? <laughs> <laughs> mansplaining is when uh, a man says anything and there's a woman. In the- <laughs> <laughs> well, originally it had, um, uh, it was more specific. It was when a man explained something to you that you already knew because, and they did it because you're a woman and they're, and they're doing it because, but that's happens rarely. And, and so, but it has happened to me. Oh, why they're doing it by the way. I know exactly. But sometimes you can tell the, Oh, this guy's, you can kind of tell this guy's misogynist, but mo- for the most part, it, it's not for that reason. And women, what SJW ideology does is tells you to, like you said, to assume intent all the time and just to assume that they're doing it because you're a woman and just, just to assume that they're being chauvinistic and, and, and so, and now, yes, like, like they use it to they, they abuse words like that to where they don't mean what they say they mean anymore. They really do use the word mansplaining anytime a man disagrees with them. If that man is not agreeing with SJW ideology, then they're mansplaining that they, they, they throw it out. It means nothing anymore. But, right. um, but I like that concept of like, if there's something that you know about, like, like guns and then, and then someone tries to explain it to, and they're like gunsplaining to you or right. you know bootsplaining and stuff like that and yes there are people who offer unsolicited advice there was a woman who said to me the other day about something and um and it was something that i know quite a bit about and she was like now you're gonna need to know this and she started and it was just in this really <laughs> condescending way i love it when people have more information than me and i would i like it when they share it but there's a way to do it that's uh generous and there's a way to do it where you're trying to make the other person feel stupid. And sometimes you're assuming they, they, that, you know, more than them and you don't, you know, so. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, uh, this is a tough one for me because, uh, while I don't like when someone explains something to me that I already know, and certainly not if they do it in a condescending way, like I'm on board if they're like, you need to know this Sonny. like, okay, fine. You've already shown that you're a jerk. Um, However, and maybe this is just for me personally, but one of my communication problems with in most of my life has been assuming context um, and saying things without really understanding that the other person doesn't have the full context that I have and expecting them to understand what I'm saying. And so something that I've actually worked on, on is making sure I over explain, which I don't always do still, but like I often intentionally try and overexplain and be like, well, let me give you the context here in case you don't have it. And it's tough because now, like I may very well be explaining something you already know, but there's not really a solution to that. I don't know what you know. So when you're having interactions with other human beings, we're not omniscient. No one knows what you know. So to get offended that someone's explaining something to you that reasonably you could be expected to maybe not know. And it turns out a lot of people don't know a lot of shit. So like, it's not, it's, it's not worth getting offended because someone's explaining something that you already know. Like Carrie, you know a hell of a lot about guns and actually we had a conversation about sniping the other day and you knew a bunch about sniping. I don't think people would expect that out of you if they decided, well, let me, let me tell you how 
let me tell you a little bit about sniping carry. Like you might interrupt them and say, actually, I've done X, Y, and Z and okay, fine. Yeah. I don't choose to get offended if they think I don't know something. I agree. I totally agree. Well, I guess this woman, the example I was giving, it's more that, um, it's not just that she's assuming I don't know. It's that, um, uh, she it's, it's in a condescending way of like, there's, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's in this, like, uh, uh, it's it's like the SJW did, and th- and this woman I'm talking about had it had nothing to do with politics or ideology or anything, um, right. but but it's in in the same way that this SJW in the comments did. It's like coming in of like I am the great teacher here on high. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I I try to never make people feel dumb when I'm you know a, a good way of doing that is is um because there's so much that I don't know, and so if you include yourself in 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 as as we when you're talking about stuff that helps diffuse any any possible confusion on their part that you're trying to speak from an elevated place or something you know what i mean i mean i speak passionately and with confidence about stuff that i know a lot about but i'll also say you know i find that using we helps a lot you know does that make sense yeah and omara has a good point she says she prefaces things by saying you may already know this but and like she's saying that leaves room for them to say yeah i do it's like okay fine then you can then you can stop um yeah stop carrie's planning <laughs> yeah carrie's uh, planning <laughs> well what do you guys want to talk about we have quite a few people last time we saw the wti skit recently and i think i know which one they're talking about um, wti oh we, we the, the internet, internet. you talk <gasps> about the political opinion surrogates az I think I think they're talking about the political opinion surrogates, um, which I don't want to play because we will get. We're gonna uh, have a guest. Yeah, we're gonna have a guest from that show on. Yes, and if we play the video, we'll get knocked on YouTube. Like, by the way, just that, remember that we made an hour-long video recently, and we played a twenty-second Bill Hicks. Entire monetization killed. It's being monetized for Bill Hicks' estate, I guess. Um, but like, they come after you pretty hard. So I don't, I, I don't care if they take the monetization away as long as they don't edit like since I do because it was an hour long show and we played 20 seconds like that. That doesn't the, the value of that show is not the 20 second clip. It's all the stuff that we did. It bothers me. Um, I would rather just not play the clip anyway. Um, have you seen the, the we the Internet stuff carry the, the political opinion surrogates or no? Should I explain it? No, I haven't seen it. You would like it. You should wa- look up political opinion surrogates. Watch it when you have a chance. Um, Basically, it's uh, some white people in a cafe or something talking about um, talking about issues, and uh, they're talking about one of the white people. They're, they're talking about police brutality, and they have I don't even remember what their opinion is, but it's this opinion about how police shouldn't go into neighborhoods and and they should stay out because police are bad and blah blah blah. And they say like, "What do you think, so and so?" I don't even remember the guy's name. What do you think, so and so? And he's a white guy, and he says a very like reasoned uh well thought out he was a very reasoned well thought out point well on the one hand i agree there there's you know instances of abuse by certain comp and maybe even systemic problems and blah 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 however you have to remember that you know uh cops presence in in communities actually lowers violence so you have to be very careful with saying don't go into communities because it actually will hurt the people there and blah blah blah. he makes the point and they go they go they go nuts on him and they're like, he, you know, are you're a bigot? How could you like, they just, they attack him. Cause you know, what are you? I didn't know you were a white supremacist. Um, so they get angry at him. And so, uh, they, they rewind the, the video rewinds and a black guy comes in and taps the guy on the shoulder right before he's about to answer. And he's like, 
you know, I'll, I'll do it. And he sits down and they, they, and he says the exact same thing. And the white people are like, oh yeah, it's a really, I mean, you'll hear a black. It's a really interesting point. We should, we should take it seriously. And, uh, and then like that, and then the end advertisement is like, we'll have someone, we'll have people of color who share your opinions ready to step in uh, and, <laughs> and repeat what you want said whenever you're in an argument. That's awesome. That's yeah. exactly what they do. They, they continue, by the way, to um, in, the, in the ensuing discussion since the <clears throat> episode about Little Ragamuffin, they continue to, these white people to say stuff about, you know, people of color have said it offends them and it's racist. Therefore it's offensive and racist. And like, yeah, people of color have also said that it's not offensive and racist. So what are you going to do? Cause your ideology tells you to agree with people of color and guess what? They don't all have one mind. Yeah. <laughs> they don't all have one mind. They are just like white people. They're individuals. Wow. Shocker. They can have different opinions. So I guess you're going to have to make up your own mind. Whoa. <laughs> like, there's so there's so when I hear someone say like, well, people of color think blah, blah, blah. It's re- I actually it's really hard to not think of uh, a plantation owner from like the 1800s, like spewing some racist crap. Well, all people of color are blah, 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 whatever it is. It's like, what like, what are you what are you talking about? Do you recognize the preference preface to that sentence is inherently racist? You sound like you sound like a plantation owner, slave owner from you know, yeah. yeah, they do though. They they lump. They think of people as groups, and it comes it comes out in the way they talk. They think of people like that. Like it's so weird. They think of they think of people of color as a monolith, and it, and they don't see them as individuals. It's really it's really obviously racist, but they, it's they don't see it as being racist. It's weird. Um, yay! So Boston Mama says that we're showing up in Instagram search again. I saw that yesterday. Oh, cool. <clears throat> I haven't checked the hashtags yet to see if we're back under hashtags. I have a feeling we're not. That's just my, my, if I were to make a prediction, but, um, but yes, we're back in search, which is cool. Wait, I so guess. If I search for unsafe space on Instagram right now, it'll sh- like our account will show up. Yes. Yeah. What well, did for me yesterday. Oh, cool. Um, what was I going to, Oh, uh, I hope you have a backup. So Lindsay Peterson wanted us to talk about the new YouTube terms of service. And if we have a backup platform picked out, so I don't know. Did you read the new TOS yet? Um, yeah. So I should be honest. I did not read them yet. Uh, all I saw was some new COPA requirements, which don't affect us. Uh, COPA is uh, it's for protecting children. Um, so we just I tagged all of our videos as not made for children. Um, but I haven't actually read them. I guess I should. Now I'm scared. Well, Look, Mikey, on, on right now. We are on BitChute already. We're already um, in in terms of sites that are similar, I guess, to Facebook. We're on Minds. Um, we're on Gab, which is similar to Twitter. Um, but I'm yeah, Telegram, but no one knows. There's literally yeah. no one but you and me following our Telegram. No, no one, one follows our Telegram. If you guys are on Telegram, follow on Safe Space. You could be our first follower. Um, but we, you know, Carter's really good about making sure we're on a lot of other platforms and. Um, we have the audio of the podcast is on anywhere where you can get audio podcasts and, you know, the problem is we can't extra do work. Right. Bit shoot, we can't have these live discussions. So um, right. that's, that's what kind of sucks. So what we would lose if we got kicked off of YouTube, um, aside from the reach and audience and all of you is uh, 
um, we would lose the ability to do live until we came up. There's other options. We just just would have to implement them. Um, I do recommend if you're worried about that at all, which I am, we should probably remind people to do this. Go to unsafespace.com. Sign up. We haven't actually even sent a newsletter out. I, I've been meaning to send the first one out. It was on my. It's been on my to-do list for two weeks. But um, sign up because we are collecting email addresses there. So if something changes and we get kicked off, we'll be able to communicate to you um, and uh, and let you know where we're going, what's going on. So um, is there any, is anyone, let's see. Well, AC Gardner says they are literally taught to be a voice for the marginalized. Yes, it is so racist. They are taught, hey, look, people of color all have one opinion. They're not individuals. They all share the same opinion and they don't have any power or agency. They're like, little tiny victims that need to be spoken for and they can't do any emotional labor and it's not their job to educate you. They're like these magical priests and priestesses of the movement who must be protected. And you as a white person are very powerful. And you as a white person are an individual and you as a white person have power and agency, which they don't have. And so it's up to you to go out and be a good ally and speak on behalf of all these people of color. How racist is that? Right. <laughs> like, Wait, that's, what they, that's what they believe, though. That's so messed up. It's like every time I'm arguing with a really uh, just over the top, kind of dumb brainwashed SJW, nine times out of 10, it's a white woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait, Maria is saying the Instagram doesn't show you how many likes, but I see likes here when I'm scrolling through Instagram. So I don't know what, maybe you can clarify. It just says they're not, they're stopped showing how many likes we've got, but I see likes. So maybe, uh, maybe it needs to get updated. Maybe I need to update my app or something. Um, okay. A, a piece to this. How do you say that? Who? Up in the chat. A-P-I-S. Oh, Epistivist, I think that's right. I don't know. Okay, so I just want to read you something, Carter, because you probably didn't see this. This was on Facebook, and I know you don't go there as often. So after our Ten Commandments episode, Epistivist wrote a draft of the Ten Commandments of SJWism. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just read a couple of them because some of them are long, but they're really good. Uh, first commandment, power and privilege. Power is essential to the faith. Thou shalt defend and prioritize the powerless, oppressed victims and fight and neglect the privileged oppressor. Second commandment, collectivist identitarianism. Thou shalt judge a person on the basis of their race, their sex, orientation, health, able-bodiedness, preferences, religion, and all forms of identity, but not on the basis of character. Thou shalt insist that all demographics be treated as collective victims or oppressors and demonize individualism unless an unprivileged oppressed victim member uses their power to oppress the privileged, then defend and deflect example as an individual case. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to fit on a tablet, but it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, I'll read a couple more. Third commandment, righteous victimhood. Thou shalt worship thy oppression and bask in helplessness, protect and put victims first and justify the actions and speech of the protected victim classes. <laughs> Um, it goes on and on. It's so, it's so good. You guys, we should, we should, uh, together, we should, we should edit this and I think we should put it on our website. 
giving you full credit. I have, of course. So much, I have so much to do. Epistavus sent me some other cool stuff that I meant to contribute to, and he's probably pissed at me because I never, I never did. I kept saying I was going to do it, and I kept getting busy. Um, there's a lot of yeah. There's a there's. <sighs> Look at the tenth commandment. The, work. Oh. the tenth commandment is jihad. Thou shalt challenge and defeat enemies of the faith by any means necessary. Do not converse or dialogue with the enemy for debate or platforming is an act of agreement. The faithful must infiltrate and evangelize everywhere. Never associate with the enemy of the faith, but always associate and generalize all non-believers, heretics, and apostates as Nazis. Yes. <laughs> that's totally, it's They're so true. Nazis, that's their, that's their worldview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, okay. What else? What else, guys? The epistemist admitted he's a little pissed. I know. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I keep saying I'm going to try and do it. I keep, it's like literally, it's also been on my to do list forever. Uh. Well, one day uh, we will have funding and then we will be able to hire people to do of all the hundred jobs that Carter, Carter does a lot of jobs. I go to work and, and so I'm not <laughs> able to do all those jobs. And uh, well, I, I would, that's, <laughs> but not by me, not by us. Just right. Something. Um, yeah. Carrie, should we talk about, um, should we talk, should we mention at all the school shooting yesterday? I mean, I guess we just mentioned it, but did you see the school shooting? in uh, I didn't cause I, I was at work and I just heard about it. So I, I don't know any, I don't know any of the details at all. So you actually, you could educate me. Uh, I will hold on. <laughs> so yeah. Epistavis, you might want to retract your offer to work for us when you find out we have no cash. Um, <laughs> But, but yes, are you saying that Carter doesn't go to work? Carter does not go to work. Carter, uh, I'm on a few boards. Uh, so that does take some of my time, but I don't get paid for that. Uh, I mean, theoretically in 10 years, <laughs> that might be worth something, but, uh, no, I don't, I no longer have a job. Uh, so I've earned my Silicon Valley bridges, decided to do this, but you know, I spend most of my time on this, also some homeschooling for my daughter and, uh, and on some boards. So Carter, uh, Bleeds a lot of cash doing unsafe space. <laughs> yeah, I do bleed cash. My wife loves it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I just thought it was important to do. So I took the I took the plunge, and I'm um, spending most of my time on this. But you know, I'm a slow editor. There's a bunch of stuff that we could be doing better. So someday, when we the first time we have money, it won't be to pay me. It will actually be to hire. Well, we'll have to pay Carrie and get her a microphone that works. But uh, it will be to hire someone to help do some of the stuff that I'm just bad at that takes a lot of my time that is just not, uh, it's not a good use of my time. So, um, <laughs> Epistavis says he already barely makes any money working from home. So, <laughs> 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 oh, Nicole, Nicole Pratt of the, of the Mountain People, we talked about you earlier. Good morning, Finbags. <laughs> I, I totally agree. That fembags is now should now be the uh, <laughs> a a derogatory term for people, or maybe just a a friendly, <laughs> a friendly term. We're all fembags. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love to do Kofefi live and leave it. There's some logistical issues with that, also, Andrew Thompson. Um, but uh, that's been on my that's been pretend, that's been in the back of my mind as a thing to see if we can transition to. Anyway. Um, what else? What else? We go? Oh, the, oh, the shooting. shooting. 
there was a shooting in Santa Clarita, I think. Um, two people were killed. Uh, we don't know who the shooter was. It was a school. Um, two people were killed, plus the shooter shot himself in the head, but is apparently still alive, which is, uh, I guess, unfortunate, whatever. Um, although he's a horrible person. So, uh, yeah, we don't know who it, who it was. It was a handgun that they were using. What were the I'm, details surrounding this one? There's not a lot of details. He walked in. The whole thing took 16 seconds. He walked wow. in a few people. There were five victims total. He, two of them died. He shot a few people and then shot himself. Um, and then the thing was over. So it was really, really quick. Uh, it wasn't an a, quote assault weapon. Uh, it was a pistol. But, uh, you know, I, I just expect the reason I want to bring it up is I just want to make sure it's on people's radar. I expect what we'll be hearing in the next, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks is more calls for gun control. And of course, you know, we got to get guns out of the hands of kids, blah, blah, blah. There'll be almost no calls for why are kids shooting each other? There used to be rifle clubs in high school and this didn't seem to be a problem. So I think something's changed other than weapons. So uh, just, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot to say, but I just want to make sure it's on people's radar and they know what's going on. Fembag shirts are awesome. That's a, Maria. I love you. Those are, that's an awesome idea. We should make Fembag shirts. I thought you were going to be harder to convince than that. No, um, Fembag shirts but, are all. Um, they're not political. They're just funny. Okay. Can we my make my shirts are not political either. Fembag huh? shirt. I don't know what you're saying, but um, we should also, we could do a um, new contribution level, a Fembag level. <laughs> you're a Fembag. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at least we should do. They, they should be knitting themed. The Fembag church should somehow be. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Or sewing knitting themed. Um, hey, Fembag. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I have a comment about the shootings. And I know we've talked about shootings and videos before, but probably never in a live chat. So maybe people in the chat will have um, comments or inter interesting perspective on it or some kind of insightful perspective. I, I think like you're saying, we used to have rifle clubs at school. Like it, there's always been a gun culture in the U S and, and actually violent crime, as we've talked about, if you look at the stats, gun crime has been declining steadily. It's just yep. that these mass shootings, that this particular kind of shooting has spiked. Yes. But overall still gun, gun crime down. Um, but this particular type of shooting, mass shootings has spiked a little bit. Um, and they get covered like crazy. So there's this perception. If you ask the average person, I bet they wouldn't know that gun deaths have declined because there's this idea that it's like this massive epidemic. And I think, I think what's contributing to it, there's a, there's a lot of things and they never want to talk about these things. They just want to talk about guns. Well, guns, that hasn't changed significantly. What's changed? Well, the media that social media, social media makes these people, makes these, these shooters famous. And then the media follows suit. Both of, both of these things are true. We have access to, you know, in the past, like when the Columbine shooting happened, um, we didn't have, we couldn't go to their Facebook page immediately and go see what they had posted. We couldn't do, you know, you couldn't go see all those things. And, and they ended up releasing a lot of material. You can read their journals and all this stuff, but that came after the investigation. At the time, it wasn't like, let's go see all this stuff online. We live in this culture now where you can go and, and every, and every person can be a little sleuth who's like, oh, let me go, in, you know, uh, go down a rabbit hole about this shooter. 
and then the media makes a big deal out of it. And, and, and so that's one aspect of it is the, um, the fact that it, it, you, you become famous or you get a atten- you get attention for doing can it. I ask, can I pause for a second? Yeah. Is that, I don't know. I know people, I hear people say that all the time. Uh, I've never seen a study that actually demonstrates that. Is that true? Demonstrates what? That talking about the fact that the shooting happened makes more shooters. Oh, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen a study. I just think that is obvious to me because it's like, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The threshold effect. The right when you talk about riots. Oh yeah, I can got, see it from that. Yeah, right. Because you've got um, people who, and we've talked about this before. And there was an article about it, and I, I wish I could, I wish I had the right um, person in my head that I could attribute this to. I don't at the moment, but maybe it was Malcolm Gladwell. Does that sound right? No, somebody did this 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 article, and it was about the um, threshold theory when it comes to riots. You have the person who's got a threshold of zero who will be the first person who throws a rock, right, in a riot. Then you've got the people who are not going to throw a rock. They have a threshold of one or whatever. They're not going to throw a rock unless they see somebody else throwing one. Well, once that threshold zero person has done it, then all those people who are threshold one, they're, they're going to pick up a rock and throw it. Then you've got yep. threshold two. They're not going to throw a rock unless they see two people throw rocks. Then they're going to throw. So you've got all these people who, the more people who start to do it, and, and, and so this person, this article was applying that theory to school shootings and saying, what if it's the same? What if it's something similar happening where you've got threshold of zero people like the Columbine shooters, perhaps, who are going to do it? without having to have seen it done before. But then you've got people who never would have done it had they not seen it done by someone else or by two other people or by three other people. And then it becomes a thing that's in there, that's implanted in their mind. And so I definitely think that there's some validity to that. And, um, that, that's and a good, that yeah. makes, makes sense to me. And you and I have talked about the threshold, you know, in, in riots before. So I, yeah. I buy that. And someone, I think Fox mom pointed out, um, it's called koi catting. It also happens with suicides. Now that you say that, Spock's mom, uh, I, I, I remember that. I remember reading about that with suicides. They have done yeah. studies with suicides, whether they report or don't report them in the media. Uh, if they report them, then you, they get a lot more. Oh, they um, spike afterwards. Yeah. Like after celebrities kill themselves, there's always suicide spike because the news reports go out. People do. Yeah. But, yeah. but so one part of it, I think, is the media, the, the age that we live in now, social media and media amplifying these things. But the other things, there's a lot of other things that we've talked about that contribute. And again, it's like the mainstream culture and the media, they don't want to talk about these other things. They're off limits. You're not allowed to talk about them. You're just supposed to talk about guns. They don't want to talk about the fact that a lot of these school shooters don't have a father in the home. A lot of them. Um like an uncanny number of them don't an uncanny number of them yes that's a great word for it uncanny it's a it's that is a much that is a that is a large i think contributing factor the breakdown of the home a lot Um, of them are ssris or or something like that um so yeah i i i think if you want and look i have my own i i don't want to say this i'm pro second amendment from a philosophic perspective so it doesn't really matter to me whether guns are causing the problem or not i just want to know the truth even if guns are causing the problem i still think you should be able to have guns like i'm coming at it from a it it doesn't destroy my argument if guns are the problem i'm willing to be objective about it but i look the objective way to look at this is you look at i think you look at what's been going on and you say okay there's a rise in this particular type of crime 
you have to ask what's changed, what's different, right? And access to firearms has not changed. In fact, it's gone down over time. Like I mentioned before, there were rifle clubs in high schools years ago. So access to guns has not increased. And when you say, Carrie, when you say gun violence has gone down, I just want to be clear. It's not just gone down percentage of population wise, it's gone down in real numbers as the population has grown. Yes. Crimes have gone down in real numbers. So it's been on the decline, yet there's this one specific thing, school shootings or mass, we'll say mass shootings, which there tends to, there seems to be an increase in. A rational person would not look at that and immediately jump to the conclusion, it must be access to firearms, that must be it. Because we've had access to firearms forever. Forever. I mean, it's way harder. I mean, there was a why 50, 60 years ago, where did you not have fully automatic weapons being used in mass shootings? Because fully automatic weapons were much easier to obtain. You could you could bring them home from World War II with you and just have a fully automatic weapon. I mean, the NFA eventually, I, I don't remember, maybe the NFA was 1934. So it might have been before World War II, but whatever. Like it was much easier to have fully automatic weapons um, in the past. Certainly uh, states had more liberal gun laws. So I mean that in the classical liberal sense. So it's harder by any measure to get guns now than it ever has been. You would immediately, you'd have to ask the question why. And so just knowing the fact that it's easier to get, or it was easier to get guns in the past immediately should make you suspicious that guns are the problem. You, you should be looking at other things. And when, when you see this lack of father in the home and you see a lot of SSRIs um, being involved, like, okay, maybe those should be looked at and stop running around yelling about access to something that's literally has more restricted access now than it used to. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 somebody in the chat, Oh, Andrew says, you can't talk about the real issues in the media because pharmaceutical companies are advertisers. That's a huge part there. You're not allowed to talk about, um, like you said, a lot of these kids are on uh, pharmaceuticals and, you know what? I forgot about this until recently. I, and, and, and a couple of days ago, I was talking about this friend to another friend and I hadn't thought about this in years, but, but at the time it blew my mind. I, I had this friend, we went to college together. She's brilliant. She worked for a pharmaceutical company and the way she described what her job was, she was a good writer. She would write like a year out in advance of the drugs coming out, Carter. She would write um, article like articles and give them to quote journalists and they would start, they would start planting articles in the media way in advance of the drug coming out about, Hey, this new study says this is a problem that people have or Hey, like opinion pieces. Like you don't know what it's like living with this problem, X, Y, Z problem. They would create the demand. And then a year later they would roll the drug out. Right. She got paid to write fake news, but she got paid to write and they would, they would fund studies, right? So they could then say the study shows that this drug is needed, but she would write opinion pieces and write news pieces um, and give, and then, and then run them. That was her job was creating the demand for the drug before it came out. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, this is the, if you spend billions of dollars researching to find a new drug and wait, you waited 10 years or seven years or whatever to go through FDA trials and blah, blah, blah. 
what's another couple hundred million dollars in a year worth of marketing effort to, you know, to make sure that it's profitable for you. Like it totally makes sense. Um, and if we had honest media, um, we would know when this was a, basically a paid advertisement that's being run and this is a propaganda campaign, but we don't, um, you know, someone else points out, uh, that, you know, you can't really pharmaceutical companies are advertisers, right? So you can't really talk about the issues. Um, so yeah. Also, Epistopus mentions that fatherlessness is much bigger, much more real contributor than toxic masculinity. Um, but I like what Nicole says, strange, strange that raising boys in a society that tells them men are useless and inherently awful would lead to aggressive murderous suicides. Yeah, it's, it's pretty strange. Right. And a lot of the, a lot of the fatherless kids um, are in broken homes where the mom is, has nothing good to say about the father who's gone. So there's a lot of, frankly, there's a lot of toxic, I won't say femininity, toxic parental energy, <laughs> toxic motherhood. There's a lot of toxic motherhood in broken homes um, and probably toxic fatherhood too, but kids are usually, it's more likely that you're with a single mom than a single dad. Um, so, you know, we, we might want to ask why we're raising kids that hate themselves and hate a bunch of other people. Well, you would look to the environment in which they're raised. Right. Um, well, and the other thing, so we, there's the, there's the family, the breakdown of the family environment, there's the pharmaceuticals, there's the media uh, and social media, but then I think there's this thing that's even harder to talk about, which is cultural, which is, you know, our podcast is about culture, but there's this um, pervasive sense of uh, narcissism, meaninglessness, nihilism, you know, no purpose. Yep. And I think, I think for, for young people, that's gotta be really hard. If you, if you're growing up with nothing to ground you, if you're in this soup of, you know, there's a lot of kids, by the way, don't get us wrong. We're talking, we're talking about um, things that you can, you can see the, this is a trend in some of the shooters. There's obviously a ton of people who grow up without most people who grow up without a father in the home do not become shooters. Like that's not what we're saying. We're trying to find out what are the outliers? What do they have in common? A lot of them. And so um, there's this, I think this soup that happens where you get all a lot of different factors happening. And then, and, and then maybe you've got some underlying mental health issues as well. You've got pharmaceuticals, whatever you've got all these different things. Um, but one of those is like the, you, these kids are growing up in this culture where, where do you turn to find meaning and purpose? Well, we've talked about this before. Right. And Again, I'll say this as an atheist. We tore down religion, uh, which provided people purpose. And most most people who tore down religion didn't replace it with anything. They replaced it with nothing. No guidance on finding meaning and purpose. No moral guidance. Just hedonism, pragmatism, nothing. And when you tear down religion, look, I have I have a moral structure. I have purpose in my life. It doesn't come from religion. I think it's possible. But... You can't just go tear down people's purpose and meaning in life and moral guidance and replace it with absolutely zilch, which is what we've done as a society. And so, of course, we have a bunch of people running around as nihilists. What else are they going to be? Um, you know, it, it makes sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to this is a, a present to Elvacaro 555. Uh, Andrew Thompson is right. You will be called a racist if you ask those questions and answer them. So I will be I'll take on I'll take on the uh, the role of being your. Uh, being accused of being racist. 
What demographic has the highest percentage of fatherless homes? I believe it's Black Americans. What's the homicide rate in that demographic? I believe it's extremely high compared to other demographics. It's much higher. Um, However, these problems the manifest. What? These problems manifest themselves in different ways because most school shooters are not Black. Most school shooters are white. Yes, he asked for homicide. That's true. Right, most I know. Shooters are not right. Um, but you know, I, I think this is a. I think the reason for that in the black community can, can be linked to how we've treated the black community as a society. And, um, you know, you can throw everything from drug laws to, uh, you know, welfare state to divorce courts to like everything in there is, is negatively affecting particularly people in poorer neighborhoods. And unfortunately that has been disproportionately affecting people of color. So yeah. All that is true. Um, like Carrie pointed out, most of the, I think most of the mass shooters though are, are white. And I think they're, they're, I think they're mostly like at least middle-class or well-off white. They're not like poor whites. They're like, they're like the equivalent of the, uh, you know, we talk about social justice warriors being like upper middle-class white women. <laughs> like I, I think a lot of the school shooters tend to be middle-class white guys, young middle-class white guys. Um, why is that? I don't know. Uh, it's I think it's the meaninglessness oh. thing. And I think yeah, it's the yeah. demonization I mean, thing. And I the, don't know specifics, yeah. 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 I think, I think that's why I say the, these things, these things affect people in different ways. And, um, and, and I don't know, I think, I think all, we're just, whatever, whatever the factors are, and there are, lot, there are lots of factors. It's not a univariate. That is, that's the word, right? It's not like, Right. It's not univariate. There's not a univariate solution or answer. There's not like one answer. This is what it is. And they want you to think that that's it. You know, it's guns or it's the, you know. Because univariate causes are very easy to get people rallied behind. And it's like a scapegoat. It's like, oh, it must be the thing. I understand that. The thing. Okay, let's rally against the thing. But to say, well, it's actually a very complex thing that's taken generations to weave into society. And there's multiple factors. And teasing them out is actually quite difficult, but here are some ones we should be looking at. No one wants to hear that because it doesn't lead to an immediate, like people like that immediate gratification of like, click on ban guns. That's what I want. Give me the dopamine of clicking on the ban gun button um, rather than rolling up your sleeves and digging in and figuring out what the real problems are. So Yeah. There's a quote by the Dalai Lama, which I really like. He talks where he's talking about gun control and he says, gun control begins in the heart and that, and that may sound trite and to to the same people who make fun of prayers and make fun of thoughts you know, thoughts and prayers that probably sounds they'd probably make fun of the dalai lama for saying that but i i think i know what he means about that it's like he's saying the problem is there too the problem is in our hearts that's why gun control begins there the problem is in society it's in culture it's not in it's not in it's not about the take guns away. The problems are all still there. Whatever it is that leads someone to pick up a gun and do that, it's still there. You just took the gun away and, and they're going to get the gun if they want, really want it illegally anyway, <laughs> or they'll get some other method of enacting their hateful resentment, nihilistic, you know, crazy rage on the world. But like all those problems are still there. Why aren't we talking about the problems instead of the method by which they, they enact it? 
So yeah. And as someone pointed out in chat earlier, uh, California has laws about keeping guns locked. You can even buy a gun without a child safety lock in California. Um, like they, they force you to purchase a, a lock for it. You can't have it in your house without it being locked up. Even, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the rule. Um, so like theoretically there's already not quote access. Um, but yeah, obviously kids can get access when they want. Um, Digi three, seven, seven, uh, asked if anyone talked about weed. Um, I mean, we can talk about drugs generally, but there is definitely a drug culture that I'm sure affects the young people. And there's also a, um, uh, not just illicit drugs, but also prescription drugs. There, there's a, there's an idea that like, oh, you're feeling sad. We'll, we'll prescribe this. Oh, you have ADHD. Here's some Ritalin. Um, th there's a, we're very quick to just take drugs for everything. And I'm, I'm sure that that has an effect on young minds. Um, we know that weed, for example, uh, if you take it before your brain is developed, we know that it lowers IQ. Um, that's, that's known. It doesn't, the studies seem to show that it doesn't have any effect on IQ if you take it after brain development is complete, which for women is around 24 and guys, maybe 25, 26. So um, guys, guys, brain development takes longer. Um, but, uh, you know, but prior to that, while you're developing, um, yeah, these things have, these things have an effect, even, even something like weed, which is viewed as a pretty benign drug by a lot of adults is not benign for children. And, you know, 25 is pretty old. So there's a lot of consumption uh, of various substances, um, illicit and non-illicit, well before your brain's developed. And obviously these, these murders are being committed by people who are not even fully developed. So, yeah. You know. um. Boston Mama said, "Agree about HHDL, Carrie. I, 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 I get now that you mean the Dalai Lama. His holy, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. I, I had to look it up. I was thinking, is that a, what did I say? Is that the SSRI? <laughs> oh, I was very confused about that. Like, what HHDL? Carrie has a secret language. I'm slow on the uptake sometimes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna have to go soon, Carter and you, folks in the chat. I'm sorry. Uh, this has been enjoyable and." I, I mean, I like talking about these issues, although they are sometimes depressing and I don't have immediate answers because, because nobody talks about this in the media. You're not, you're not having, the, they're not having the right conversations. It, it's like, it goes back to the impeachment thing we were laughing about earlier. I think people are paying attention. I think that woman is paying attention to the wrong things. It's like, that's just my opinion. You know, I, I realize other people have different ones, but I don't think I don't think that that is very important in the grand scheme of things. I think figuring out why culturally, wh where have we gone wrong? Where you know you have um, people, you know, wh where you have what what is causing mass shootings? I think that's something worth talking about. And the conversation that we're having on the main the mainstream level, you know, the legacy media is trying to make us have is not the right conversation about it. Yeah, and and that's always. Maybe I won't use the word always, but that seems to be very often the way that mainstream media treats everything. There's there's a there's an event that happens, and the reactionary solution, which is the only solution that's ever talked about, is is the very obvious, simple one that um, is actually not related to any cause, but generally is just about restricting freedoms of some way. I mean, the same thing happened after 9/11. Like suddenly we're taking our, you know, or. Um, <laughs> 
a better example is the shoe bomb dude, right? One day a guy smuggles a bomb into the plane on his shoe, and the next day we're taking our shoes off at the TSA line from now on. Like that's that's how that goes. We're always we're always looking at the um, most surface level cause of the last thing and imagining that there's no creativity among evildoers. And so if we just ban the shoe bombs, there'll be no more incidents. Or if we just, or, you know, we ban shoes or we check shoes, that'll solve everything. Or we, you know, we ban guns, that'll solve everything. Um, but it's not, you're not even having the conversation um, that needs to be had. So yeah, I, I agree. Society is breaking down. And by the way, mass shootings is only one thing. There's lots of dysfunction in young people today. Lots of it. Uh, mass shootings are just the ones that make the news, but there's lots of more mine quote minor dysfunctions. Um, not the least of which is, uh, transitioning when you're 12 years old. So I have a, I have a comment that may or may not be positive to, to end on. Uh -oh. So I, I was talking with this guy yesterday who a neighbor of mine who, um, it was the first time we'd ever talked about anything like what I talk about on the podcast. And, um, I was trying to describe my old ideology and we got stuck on Marxism because he, he's read a lot about economic economics and he wanted to talk about like the Marxism of, you know, the Soviet Union. And so we were talking about that a little bit. And, um, and at, at one point I kind of brought it back to what's happening now and how Marxism has evolved into this identity politics based Marxism, this postmodernist Marxism. And he was like, yeah, but things are, everything's getting better. Society's been getting, and I agree. And you, again, we forget because the news is always telling us how awful things are, but they aren't focusing on the right things when they're telling us that. And, but they're also not looking at the big picture, which is that we've pulled, and I say we, meaning the world, there have been so many people pulled out of poverty in the past hundred years. Like the more people living um, at the, uh, what do you call it, Carter? More people living at the, uh, not poverty. below the, well, yeah, but there's another word for it. Anyway. There are people who, there's more, pe fewer people living in poverty, right? Worldwide. There are, violent crime is down in the U.S. Gun deaths are down. Like if you look at all these different um, um, stats, you can see that on, in general, things are getting better. And I said, well, actually, yeah, I agree with you. And so he was saying, well, you're talking about this ideology having a major impact in the past five to 10 years, a negative impact. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like this ideology really, I was, I was being indoctrinated in it 20 years ago, but I've really seen it like come into the mainstream in the past 10 years. And he was like, yeah. So if you look at any line, right, like things are getting better, things are getting better. It looks like a flat line, but when you look at it up close, there's like little dips and, you know, and, and I was like, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. This could be one of those little dips, just like you were talking about climate change over time, Carter, and how, um, mm -hmm how you might be and yeah. right. You might be looking at a little dip, but when you expand it out and look at it over time, it's a straight line of things, you know, or a straight line, wherever if it's going up or across. So he was sort of saying, well, why, why don't you look at it as like, things are improving. We're experiencing a little dip of negativity right now. And there's lots of little dip. Look at Bitcoin price, right? Like it's like fluctuating all over the place, <laughs> but it's going to steady out eventually. Like, so I don't know. I, I, I thought there was something to that of like, it kind of, it, it tweaked the way I was thinking about it for a second. And I was like, yeah, maybe again, it, it, we're just experiencing um, a regression right now, but in general, we've been progressing towards equality and individuality and 
better standard of living. That's the word I was looking for, a better standard of living for everyone. Oh, standard of living. Okay. Um, I agree that economically that's been true. Um, the caveat I'll have, not to, I know we should end on a good note, but uh, <laughs> I have a caveat to that. Okay. Which is um, actually, uh, politically, we've been declining very steadily on a lot of, on like individual freedoms, economic freedoms, uh, and individual liberty has been in steady decline. Um, you know, it's not that the left has been winning elections. It's that they've changed the Overton window. They've changed the narrative. And this hasn't been in the past five years. This has been at least as long as I've been alive and paying attention. And from what I read, uh, longer than that. And so, um, and there are, you know, someone else brought up, not to get too esoteric, but someone else brought up the central bank. Like, look, we have, the, the when you're partying, and doing coke, everything seems like it's getting better until someday you do too much coke and your heart explodes and things really suck. So like we're on, we're living on, we're in an unsustainable economic situation. America is printing money, uh, amassing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. And is it, that debt enables all this bad behavior. It enables all these programs. It enables a lot of this Crap. So we've gotten we've got a government that by almost any measure has expanded in authoritarianism over the past century. And we have a monetary system and an, an economic status of the US that again, by basically any measure, has has is closer and closer to the brink of utter bankruptcy and disaster every day. And so I I think we can look at the status and say, yes, people are getting better. However, it's you have to basically put blinders on to realize there's not an enormous correction that needs to happen at some point. And that's scary for a lot of people. Um, so that's all. Yeah. Uh, would you I, look at, would you look at horrible, awful, genocidal evils on a mass scale with like, like if you look at the Soviet union and you know, hundreds of millions dead, if you look at Nazi Germany, uh, millions dead. If you, if you, would you view those things as like little or big spikes on a line? That's I view those, yeah, I view those as so. I think often, I'm, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a an expert on this, but I often think that movement in cultures happens through perturbations and backlashes. So wait, can you uh, define that word for me? I'm sorry, I don't perturbations. Sure, sure. like um, there's there's something that upsets the status quo in one direction right? And often it's too much in that direction. But sometimes there's, there's two things that can kind of happen. Sometimes there's a backlash in the other direction and you go back, but sometimes that status quo is not fully, it's that, that perturbation is not fully undone and you get left at a different level. Communism is a great example. Like, yeah, we defeated the Soviet Union, but meanwhile, that ideology infected all of our universities, all of our education. And we've now got generations of kids who think that socialism and even communism and Marxism are okay. So it was a perturbation in the negative. We did recover from that perturbation because the Soviet Union collapsed and we, you know, it was able to be defeated. So we're better off, but our steady state, our DC level to be like electrical engineer, but like our, our, our offset is like, we're worse than we were before all that crap. Um, in terms of the the culturally where we were the like, ideology we, um, still around yeah if we haven't actually defeated the soviet union 
we defeated the Soviet Union, but we didn't defeat the underlying ideology underneath the Soviet Union, not intellectually, not culturally. It's still there. I'd rather, frankly, I'd rather have a country full of, um, you know, small government, libertarian, free, you know, free market type college students and Stalin to fight. At least it's a, a clear enemy and we, we can attack them and we know ideologically what the war is. We don't even know that we're at war with ourselves right now. We're intellectually, we're still committing suicide intellectually. So I don't, wow. I don't wow. know. Wow, that's an interesting way to put it. Well, you know, well, even this guy, I like the way he was helping me to think about it in a positive way, like things are getting better and this is a blip on the radar. But even this guy was like, well, but Marx, Marx's ideas haven't been put in, haven't been implemented by the right person yet. And I was like, oh no, you're not one of those, are you? Right. Exactly. So it hasn't gone like the, the, I mean, look, the, the, the people who founded the U S um, you know, the founding fathers would, would, uh, roll over in their graves. If they, if they, if they heard that the kind of in, in the cultural part of the cultural milieu today on campuses and in intellectual circles is respect for Karl Marx. Right. I mean, I mean, Karl Marx didn't exist at the time, but whatever, like respect for that, uh, that philosophy. I mean, it's, it is a poison pill. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like we're in, we're in, you know, we're, we're uh, we still have cancer. Like we cut out, we cut out a tumor. <laughs> Things are better, but we, we we're suffering from cancer. And, and if we're not going to do our chemo, I don't know. I don't know how we expect to live not to drag us down, but you know, Fortunately, there are enough, there are a bunch of people who recognize this. And, you know, if, if by some magical way we could all just be together in our own country, we, we would be fine. There's a, there's a lot of us. Um, we don't all agree completely with what I'm saying, but there's a lot of us, when I say us, I mean, people who are like recognize socialism and, and Marxist ideology are, are bad. And, you know, we, we should really embrace uh, enlightenment values, understand what, where they came from, why they exist and expand upon them rather than, you know, throwing them out, them out so that we can have race wars and class wars and, you know, usher in and, a new dictatorship. And war. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. war. Um, yeah. So Boston Mama says, I look at the term culture war very differently since finding this channel. It really is an ongoing battle within the culture, which then influences our laws. Yes. I look at it differently too, actually. I used to hear the term culture war and roll my eyes. And I, I was one of the people who I don't think I really understood what it meant, or maybe people were using it in a way that Carter and I don't use it. Um, so well, I think a lot of conservatives use it to be like, I don't like these men dressing up as women. And like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm mocking conservative, but I just mean like, there's, a lot of, <laughs> I don't, there's too much Indian food in my neighborhood. Like, all right. Like that's, a lot of people on the left think that that's what a culture war is. Like we're somehow worried about, you know, saris in the neighborhood and there's tacos down the street and that's offensive. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an ideological war. Um, right. And, the enlightenment. You know, tacos I, I, are welcome into the ideological war. Like great. Tacos. I'm cool with tacos. I'm cool with men dressing as women. I'm cool with Indian food yeah. in my neighborhood. Obviously. It, it I, is uh, good, Daniel. I agree. In fact, you know, <laughs> in this right. What, what Carter's talking about when he talks about culture, it's why I like, if you guys haven't seen it, he did an introductory introductory video for our channel where he talks about this, but it's like the cultural values of like individualism and free speech and personal liberty and those, those 
the reason and logic and you know civility and right you know. um Those are the things that we mean when we say culture war i'm sorry nicole um, I'm going to leave it to Carrie to come up with some intermittent fun. Carrie, do something entertaining and fun now. Go. Look, I tried to weave a positive note into it, and you were like, "Okay." Well, okay. What's something positive? It's the weekend. Um, I hope you guys have a happy weekend. Oh, we're going to talk to you on Sunday. That's positive. If oh. you haven't, yeah, yes. we'll we'll be back for um, book. Oh, oh, and this is cool. Um, Maria. Carrie's always got positivity, guys. You just gotta gotta set her up for it. Go, Carrie. What's cool? <laughs> Maria uh, texted me. She emailed Carter doesn't even know this, I don't think. She emailed Jonathan Haidt and told him that we were doing book club on Sunday. And mm-hmm. he can't make it. He's got a commitment. He wrote her back, which is super cool. He can't make it, he's got a commitment. But he was like, Oh, you should go to the co- uh, the website and I'll send we'll, we could put the link up maybe for people okay. in the in the comments, uh, uh, in the description of the video, but basically it was like a, a guide for discussing the book. And he was like, Oh, I've got some extra resources. If you're going to discuss the book oh, and he cool. directed her somewhere. And yeah, but he responded. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I got you to hear him, speak. him on. I, I wanted to read his stuff before we invited him on, but we should invite him on. Yeah. At some point I want to go after those, those bigger name, busy people, you know, but I got to hear him speak at Southwestern a couple years ago and it was great. He's obviously someone I admire and I'm, I'm really happy. We're going to be talking about the book on Sunday. It's Coddling of the American Mind. Um, and it is going to be Sunday, the 17th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And I'm sorry, I didn't write down what time that is uh, uh, across the sea. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Across the pond. Across the pond. But uh, anyway, if you guys want to be a part of it and you haven't done so yet, please let us know by emailing speak at unsafespace.com. If you want to be in the video live video chat, email us and let us know. Carter will send you a link. And if you don't want to be in, yeah, he's going to send it out tomorrow. And if you don't want to be in the live video chat, you can still participate in the live chat like today. So. All right. See, that's a good note, Carrie. You ended on a positive note. Thank you. Yeah. Book, Book club. Yay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching um, and batting. We love these conversations. Uh, So um, thank you. I forgot mountain time. I forgot mountain people. (laughs) That's six o'clock. Nicole's going to be pissed. Nicole, the mountain person. It's six. Those those mountain people are so marginalized. Okay. (laughs) You never give times in GMT for everyone. You can give times in GMT for everyone. No, Daniel, the problem is None of us Americans know what the hell you're talking about when you do <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, it's, it'd be like if she used metric. No one would have any idea what she was talking about. Kitty says mountain people have internets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Epistivist, you're hired. We just have no money. So let me send me an email. You already have my email. Um, but, uh, uh, by the way, wait, one other thing that you're reminding me of. Uh, I don't know why I'm reminded of this. I do want to do an event where we all get together at some point. You and I have kind of casually talked about it. I think people would be interested in it. Can we we're like start planning on that? Yes, you guys, I promise. We're going we're gonna to start planning an unsafe space retreat. And we'll give everyone enough time, hopefully give them enough time they can take off from work if they need to or save money to be able to come come out for it and we're tentatively talking about doing it in Texas. And we're also 
because Texas is in the middle of the country. And anyway, and because nope. I live here. Republic of California. There, I, I didn't even try and make the argument with Carrie that she should visit me. Uh, so I don't even want, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to visit me. I'd rather go to Texas. Come to Texas, guys. We can, we can go fishing and we can shoot guns if you want to. We can just have fun. And um, definitely shooting guns while we're, you can't have an unsafe space get together without some shooting. So. Yeah, eat barbecue, bring your knitting, ladies. We could do knitting and gentlemen, bring your knitting. Um. <laughs> yes, okay. bring your knitting. <laughs> bring your knitting and a lot of ammo. So there you go. All right, well, thank you everyone um, for, for watching and, uh, and chatting. Uh, I love that. I love chatting with, I love that we have the chat open. It's way better. So, um, yeah. Thanks everyone for chatting and we will see you on Sunday for those of you in book club. Everyone else will see you on Monday. Have a good day and good weekend. Go to the range. <laughs>